no one. These movies are terrible. A plastic doll <laughs> or a random Salvadorian drug lord who really needs to learn to give up or just understand. Or die trying. Well, it's just, what is he gaining? I, I don't know what the goal of him in that movie was ever. At least with my movie, I the goal was to become a real boy. Yeah. So at least mine had clear cut decisions yeah the other guy just seemed like fixated yeah (laughs) so with that weird cryptic intro hi and welcome after the hype i'm your host always brian dressel with me as always is chewy and not john you decide on how that good or bad that is yeah (laughs) i i unfortunately due to uh scheduling conflicts we were not able to have john on uh this week and that's scheduling conflict is basically we have to wait for his daughter to go to bed and that makes us too tired so we just said we'll record next week. Uh, but the good news is that next week we have a battle. We haven't had a battle in forever. And this battle is going to be all about Tarantino movies because Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is coming out. And mm-hmm. it's pretty exciting. Um, and we have Mr. Matt Dykes flying in from Leeds just to be on our podcast. Not at all. Specifically to be on the podcast. Specifically to be on and, the podcast. Uh, we did not pay for his flight. No, no, we did not. Nope. And if he thinks there's a check here waiting for him. He is mistaken. He is wrong. <laughs> We're like, we will give it to you in Monopoly money. In America, this is convertible when you get back to... Yeah, we'll England. give it to you in uh, Trump bucks. In Trump bucks. Oh, God. <laughs> Soon to be the new American currency. Uh... <laughs> the thing is, the money just laughs at you, and every time you try to use it, it just goes to Trump. <laughs> That's such a better joke than what I was going to do. Mine was highly more offensive. So we'll stick with yours. Uh, So this week we decided to do uh, what we had done, I think, two times before, where Chewie and I shared a movie. Uh, I chose one. She chose one. Kind of how uh, she and I did before, and then John and I did that one time. Uh, And they turned into be really fun episodes of records. We figured do it again. Uh, This time I had just seen Child's Play in theaters, and I wanted to rewatch all of them. So, of course, like a normal human being, I bought all of them on blu-ray which chewie's still oh so happy about it's just the price of seven movies seven movies 20 bucks totally reflects the quality that's i should have seen that coming because uh, <laughs> i love these movies but i can't say that you're wrong yeah of the 80s slashers this was in the tail end it is in the tail end uh and and it kind of feels like it. It's not great. It, it is kind of the, might be out of ideas. Ooh, it's the 80s. <laughs> Slashers are still popular. And we have a growing distrust of technology. Yeah, we, we might have something to hear. Oh, we had a really successful first movie. Let's make sequels. Well, that was yeah. a bad idea. Yeah. Oh, that was a bad idea. <laughs> uh, I love them. I should be very clear about this from the onset. I love all the Chucky movies. Uh, that's not true. I love all of them but Seed of Chucky. I think Seed of Chucky is just bad. Uh, Too many penis jokes? I'm fine with penis jokes. Whatever. No, it's just I hate the brother and the, the two twin puppets that Chucky has. They're I just annoying. getting there actually they're in the movie. super annoying. Uh, either way. Uh, and then Chewy chose. Crocodile Dundee 2. 2. Crikey. Does anybody say crikey in the whole movie? I don't think so. It might have no. made it better. Your movie's just painfully bad boring oh my goodness like oh my it was God. more engaging when i was a child Whew. the last third gets a little bit more and i also realized that the majority of what i remembered enjoying is actually in the first movie 
Yeah, I would say same for me, but I very distinctly remember these movies. And I spent the entire week trying to prepare you for how good Chucky 2 actually was, only to find out you have to be a fan. (laughs) (laughs) You're not a fan. Doesn't quite work. Chucky 2 is great to make fun of. I... Crocodile Dundee, Croc Two, or whatever we're gonna call it, <laughs> Electric Boogaloo, because that's too many words. In the eighties, too, uh, is it's not even fun to make fun of. It's just painful. But either way, we're getting way ahead of ourselves. Mm. We need to do a quick. Where have you been doing? Mm. Uh, what would you like to talk about? Well, we have started. We both. You started first, rewatching The Office. Yes. And then I just kind of went past you on rewatching The Office. Are you done now? No. Okay. Uh, I think we're caught up again then. Maybe. A little bit. Uh, but either way, it is just amazing, the downfall of Andy. I hate the downfall of Andy. I hate it. That, that they just destroy his character? Because he used yeah. to be lovable? Yeah, because I, I watched the... On the rewatch, like I, just, I love uh, Ed Helms. I think he's just funny and just an engaging actor and i think he's great and they just they tried to make him uh um the fuck's his name the guy from england yeah uh ricky gervais's character that's i that's what they tried to do gervais's character you never ended up despising you had moments for sure but he like he was not outright david brent sorry he was never outright vicious towards his co-workers no andy is andy's vengeful yeah andy I mean, he he's kind of what everyone likes to make fun of millennials for. Yeah. And it's Andy. Because he grew up privileged. He grew up thinking he was hot shit. He went to college. He thought that that meant that he was hot shit. Yeah. Uh, and then he starts to realize more and more he's not. He is... Lots of people are better than him. He's not a good boyfriend. He's just not a lot of things. He's the worst boyfriend. And he thinks that he should be famous for being him. And he thinks he's innately talented and no one seems to realize it but him. And if you go back to season two or three, three, when they introduce him, that's not the version of Andy. Like, his downfall. I mean, it makes sense. You can see it coming. Yeah. But it's just just brutal. And not funny. No, it's not very funny. It's just kind of sad. It's super sad. And you start to just totally identify with Aaron the entire time. Yeah, which, I mean, pro is the point. And yeah. Ed Helms sells the fuck out of it. He does yeah. a great job with it. It's just not fun to watch. Uh, for me, I just finished Mortal Kombat 11. The story mode. Obviously, you never finish a and fighting you game. you still don't know what was going I on. I have no clue what the fuck happened in that game. I, I don't know how hell else to describe it than I just found it remarkably unengaging. Like, everything in the movie was, or in the game, was just completely bananas. And that's usually stuff that I enjoy. Like, I loved Batman Ninja. Like, the crazier the better with that one. And this one had that same level of just complete insanity, but it just, I didn't care. Um, That's everything, right? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's let's dive back into these. Uh, We're going to go chronologically. Or crocolongially. Crocolongially. (laughs) That's a really tough thing to say that I just made up. You know, they just got the alligator out of uh, Humboldt Park. I saw. Lagoon in Chicago. I saw. They had to fly in a Florida man. They should have. They needed a dude from Florida to capture the gator in Humboldt Park in Chicago. God. Florida was finally needed for something. (laughs) We have a crazy alligator in a lake, and Florida's like, 
We got this one. <laughs> Don't let us in charge of any fucking election, but we can take care of alligators. Yeah. <laughs> so Crocodile Dundee 2, do you want to explain really quickly what the movie's about? Well, it starts with him uh, illegally fishing off the coast of New York, Ellis Island, essentially, yeah. uh, by throwing dynamite into the water. And then... The Coast Guard just kind of chalks it up going, ha ha, I should have known it would be you, Dundee. Ha ha, oh, all right, Nick. now let's leave. And I'm like, he's breaking the law. Like, this is very illegal. Uh, but yeah, so that's where the movie starts. And so it's Crocodile Dundee being, a, you know, Crocodile a Dundee in a, a New York. Um, not quite understanding the lingo and the local culture. Mm -hmm. uh, and then he decides that he wants a job and he doesn't really know what to do. So he We can do more broad strokes than this. You are going very beat by beat. <laughs> uh, but then the ex-husband from the previous movie takes some pictures of a drug lord and ships them over to Mick and his girlfriend. I forgot her name. And then it runs amok, where the girlfriend gets amok, kidnapped, amok, amok. Uh, and Mick decides to save her, and one way he decides to save her is to get a local gang to just kind of be, you know, some scrappy kids throwing trash and howling and starting a party and stuff, and somehow that defeats the local drug lords. The coolest gang in all of New York. Except I'm like, how are they local drug lords when they're supposed to be from El Salvador? Well, they have a house in New York. But why? Because, well, they... And it's not just a house, it's a fortress. This is your movie. I, I can't defend it. I think this thing's uh, fucking garbage. <laughs> and so Mick gets his girlfriend out. Uh, cops want to put them in witness protection. And Mick's like, nah, I'm going back to Australia. Uh, Please, do the rest of this in Australian accent. <laughs> it's so good. Uh, and his girlfriend's like, okay. <laughs> And they go back to Australia. Um, and the Salvadorian drug lords follow them to Australia. Well, yeah, they gotta kill them. Yeah. And then they run amok in the outback. Amok, amok, amok. Amok, amok, amok. And uh, they go on walkabout. No, they don't. No, they don't go on <laughs> And then Mick wins. By I tricking his wife into almost getting him killed. Yeah. Which, yeah, the, the I gotcha moment at the end of the movie, I'm like, wait, what was the motivation? It makes no sense. I've only seen this one a few times as a kid. Yeah, I saw it as a kid until yeah. the other night. Maybe once or twice. I had a neighbor who really liked the Dundee movies, and he loved the first one, have one all the time, and he loved the second one. So I've seen them both probably around the same amount of times, but both back, you know, pre-age 10, so over 20 years ago. I can see how it's good for kids, because it's not frenetic. It's very, you know, mellow. Yeah, it's pretty mellow. Uh, the jokes are really non-offensive. Like, there's really very little in this movie. Yeah. Uh, you even said Paul Hogan is very proud of the fact that Crocodile D is a hero who doesn't kill people. Well, yeah. For the most part. I mean, well, yeah, because when I was looking up stuff about him, he talked about how he turned down more action-y roles where they wanted him to be, like, a cross between Rambo and um, Walker, Texas Ranger. I mean, I could see Norris, him. Yeah, I could see. Where he wanted to be the middle of that, and he was still like, "No, I want to be the masculine guy who's very capable and doesn't kill everybody." Yeah, and I mean, that's like, uh, there's that's definitely in there. He's more of like a Australian 
Kevin McAllister than anything else. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> Dark just, magic. Yeah, like it's just kind of it's entertaining with that in mind but at the same time it's just the movie itself is just so shallow and whatever charm paul hogan had in the first movie he's just not showing in this one like he just plays everything so deadpan it's it's almost on the spectrum with how much he just doesn't quite understand anybody else's motives like you'd almost assume sociopath like just the way that he responds to people just like what is wrong with this guy well, he grew up with the alligators and the crocodiles. He yeah. doesn't understand normal society. He just knows he really he's likes. He's not this one Mowgli. Movie. Like it's not. Yeah. Like, <laughs> but he wasn't he's, raised by alligators. He just knows that he really likes stooping this blonde lady from New York. <laughs> yeah, no, you're not wrong. Yeah, and she's really into it too. He's a handsome guy. Yeah. I get it. She's very flirty with him. Yeah. She's like, would Bonnie ever leave her Clyde? And then they, then they, you know, they laugh. She at each should other. have. Yeah. History says. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Probably wasn't a good Their idea. Their relationship was not healthy. I would say it was rather toxic. Uh, <laughs> whereas Crocodile and these is not. No, he's actually pretty respectful. Yeah. Um. But like that's the thing is like the I if we were doing an episode like a full ATH episode on this movie, I feel like it'd be done in twenty minutes because there's like nothing to say about it. Everything's really kind of bland. Uh, the characters are all kind of just there. It hits the beats. It has some callbacks to the first one, and that's really about it. I mean, if anything, it's very much like Tim Allen style comedy, um, but Tim Allen's more slapsticky. But it's, yeah. it's very inoffensive. Pretty much anyone could, you know, foreseeably enjoy it. Yeah, it's inoffensive. There's it's no m- messages. There's no. like no underhand anything. It's very much this is what's happening. And isn't it funny if this super capable or muscular man makes mistakes from time to time? And, oh, 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 I'm gonna pull Tim Allen on that one. But it's uh, <laughs> <laughs> but now I'm just imagining Tim Allen as Crocodile Dundee, and yeah. I, I would have liked it more. Um, so Child's Play two. Child's Play two. In in. Uh, striking contrast do we want to talk about not subtle <laughs> well let me tell let me tell all the fine listeners what happens in child's mm-hmm. play too uh chucky wakes up after being burned to death at the end of the last movie they decide to rebuild him for reasons yeah uh <laughs> i'm guessing for like diagnostic testing to see what happens. Hades from once upon a time is there yeah he, he dies real fast uh but Which yeah so too bad they rebuild him. He wakes up still in the same body. So that means he's still on a ticking clock. He has to get into Andy's body before he's permanently a human in doll form, which he does not want to be. Can't blame him there. So he basically, he wakes up and goes, I got to find fucking Andy right now. Finds Andy. Uh, starts killing everybody around Andy. Everyone assumes Andy's crazy, just like he did in the first movie. And just kind of like how we were saying Crocodile and D, kind of hits points from the first movie. Doesn't have references to the first movie. Finishes up. And everyone just kind of went, oh. So I guess that's what happened after the first movie. Yeah. That's a story I didn't need, turns out. Yeah. <laughs> so the way these two movies relate is they're both stories we didn't need. Yeah. <laughs> but Child's Play 2, what I did mean, you think of it? I'm pretty hard on uh, Crocodile Dundee 2 being a I hot was, piece I of shit. I was going to say Crocodile Dundee is kind of like uh, the hangover before the hangover. We're going to do the same exact thing. Oh, okay. I was like, those movies are no way like, oh, they're plans. Yeah, their plans are exactly the same. Both Um, Child's Play and Dundee. Yeah, so Child's Play 2. 
I don't really remember Child's Play that much. Even though you said you didn't have to watch it before the second one. I didn't want to. That's what I thought. <laughs> I, I knew know it. there's a I warehouse fight. I know. No, that was in two. That was no. in the movie you just watched. No, I thought there was a, like an abandoned warehouse. There was the a movie. warehouse in the beginning of the movie where, um, what's his name, goes into the doll. Okay. Uh, either way. Two. Um, I appreciated the production design quite a bit. Okay. Because uh, I'm not sure what type of budget they had. Better than the they first. They used it. Yes, they uh, did. The house that Andy gets sent to for his foster family looks like a dollhouse. The way that it's decorated and the color tones and everything. It looks like a little girl's dollhouse in her room, like how she would do it. That's cool uh, for a movie about a killer doll. It is. Um, except yeah. that they keep this amazing porcelain family heirloom on an ottoman. Well, it had to be within Andy's reach so they could blame Andy when Chuck inevitably breaks it. They put it on an ottoman next to the staircase, which is just saying, I want this to break. I well, want they, this to break someday. It had to break. It's the plot. It's just sitting there like plot, ready to go. Yeah. Uh, it was a little too obvious. Um, and then you have Kyle... Who bothered me the whole movie because she looks so freaking familiar. But when I looked her up on IMDb, I couldn't figure out. Other than her being in a lot of single episodes, I feel like i just seen her face around then, I guess. Um, she kind of believes Andy. And then she later on full-on believes Andy. Well, she sees a doll murdering people. No, she first she pulls the other doll out That's of right, sand, that's right. And then she's this like, was oh, my movie. I should there's remember this. two Chuckies. Oh my god, one of them must be alive. Well... Uh, She's right. Yeah. And before the, she realizes all that, Chucky manages to murder both foster parents. Um, and it's interesting to see these kids not really care. I mean, they're not their real parents. So the two foster parents die, and it's pretty much, oh, well. Well, to be fair, Chucky does have a line that explains Andy's reaction. And it's great. It's Andy's like kind of freaking out, and Chucky goes, what are you freaking out for? You act like you've never seen a dead body before. And yeah. it's like, hey, here's a point. The bodies yeah. have been dropping around him like crazy for the past two years. Yeah. <laughs> Just the the factory scene at the end. Awesome, I agree. It is looks like it was fully made for the movie, which is elaborate. Because this does not make sense as a factory at all. Oh, it's a nightmare factory, for it's sure. It's like, nothing's actually made here. <laughs> Nothing is made in this. This is all made for the movie. Um... Their organization for storage of their dolls makes no sense. Uh, I would fire the foreman. <laughs> <laughs> they have one dude operating these machines late at night, which my personal experience in a factory, no. You have somebody making sure that each individual machine is doing its job. And then you have a foreman, <laughs> not a guy in a control room looking a little confused, and then uh, not turning machines off when he's working on them. Because, you know, safety first to make sure that the dangerous machinery is not uh, accessible to electricity. Um, yeah. And this is a nightmare factory making nightmare dolls. And for some reason there is a top to one of the things that is supposed to put the arms and legs on, but then somehow but also melts, melts in and totally deforms things, and it doesn't make any sense. 
No, but here's the thing, and this is why I actually think our two movies are a surprisingly good pairing, beyond the fact that they're both sequels that nobody needed, um, is that the main reason why people like both franchises, if you can even call Crocodile Dundee a franchise, it's a trilogy, really. and They like the charisma of the main character. Exactly. They like the main person, or doll yes. in my case. Um, but if you want to call him a person, it's Brad Dorf, And Brad Dorf is very good as Chucky. Yeah. And even in this movie, like, this movie might not be the best in the world, but, like, I can watch any of the Child's Play movies, just like I can watch any of the Nightmare on Elm Street movies, because of how good the villain is. Yeah. Now, my, my go-to, as everyone knows who listens to this, is always Friday the 13th. I love Jason. I, I just want to give him a big old hug and hopefully not get stabbed. But he'd probably kill me or smash my head or do whatever Jason does. He'd break your neck and throw your body into the water. That's too easy for Jason. He's got to do something creative, like rip me in half. But, like, the... I like him for what he does, not really for him. Whereas Chucky, I don't really give a shit what he does. I don't remember any good Chucky kills. Who remembers Chucky kills? You watch him because he himself is engaging. And I think Brad Dorff is still just as good in two as he was in one. I would have to say, though, like Nancy in Nightmare on Elm is so much better than Andy. I'm not defending Andy. Andy's <laughs> terrible. Andy does get better I, uh, if you stick around throughout the entirety of the franchise. When he comes back around, the actor is better. He grew up, became a pretty okay actor, better than when he was a kid, and he was just awful. Whereas Paul Hogan has no excuses. Yeah, it doesn't really make sense, especially because when I look him up and it talks about his experience as a media actor and everything in Australia. Like, I guess it's just his shtick. Like, this is a specific Australian version of masculinity. And that's very possible. And for me, I think it's just... I. I look at Chucky and I go, that's a character that I enjoy and I will watch him in pretty much anything, which I've done. I've seen every fucking movie. Um, whereas Paul Hogan, I'm like, Paul Hogan has Crocodile Dundee, nothing against the guy. But like, I watch that and I'm like, I don't I don't care about seeing a third one or a fourth one if they ever actually made that fucking thing with mm. Danny McBride. Uh, they won't, even though I totally watch it. They won't make it. But if they had, like, I'm not, I don't need to see Paul Hogan in that thing. Like, There's things in Crocodile Dundee, Crocodile Dundee, why is it picking a movie? It's such a hard title to say so many times. It's not that hard. Uh, Croc 2. Uh, is, I, I like the characters in Australia. Like I like his crew in the bar. Like they, yeah. But they don't really get to do much because half the movie takes place in New York where we're hanging out with fucking Rat? The cool gang leader? Like, who is this guy? Like, no, none of the characters in New York are engaging at all. Yeah. And we spent half a movie there. The gang's lair, I swear, that's the same lair used in uh, Ninja Turtles 2. One? That's it's in one? Okay. Oh, well, maybe it is two. Either way, they definitely, I'm pretty certain, used the same uh, car hood or whatnot on pallets that they sat on. Except yeah, that it's might just be. Way, lit way differently. Well, it'd make more... Uh, no, I don't, think it, I don't think it can be. This was made before both of them. Crocodile Dundee 2? Mm-hmm. I don't know, they could have just used it at a pop house. And just no, that's, that's very possible. Either way, it was very similar. Except, yeah. to, except lit very differently. Because the layer in Crocodile Dundee is very bright with neons and all this stuff. And I'm like, why would this gang have this? Oh, yeah, it doesn't make any sense. And... Yeah, and then the whole underground arcade gang thing in 
that doesn't make any sense either. Doesn't make any sense, but it, it seems similar. No. Like I would, be, I would believe these uh, movies. Actually, actually, the more I think about it, the more I would totally believe the first Ninja Turtles movie happening in the same universe as Crocodile Dundee. I mean, there's a crossover. I'd, I'd be willing to watch. It, like serious, like kind of the tone and the same type of villains that they fight and everything, like crossover potential. So you think Rats Gain gets bought out by the Foot Clan? Totally. And they all become ninjas. Yes. <laughs> like Sam Rockwell shows up at some point. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Let's write this fan fiction. Let's never. <laughs> I mean, only if we can make it. If we can make that movie, I'm into it. Uh, but there has to be a movie there. Because, like, dude, if this girl's so into Crocodile Dundee's machismo, what do you think she'd be into, like, Raphael? I was going to say Shredder. You want to talk about stoic and doesn't say much. No, Shredder's too harsh, though, because she likes her, like, tough but oh, honor-bound ba- honor hero. Oh, so she would have liked Splinter before he got old. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Mm. Uh, <laughs> this got weird. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I knew these episodes are always a little bit shorter, but we've only been really talking for about 20 minutes. What, what haven't we talked about? Like, what? It's just the complete, like... Dem- like you they literally melted chucky <laughs> at the end of the movie yeah like they blew him up they deformed him they chopped him in half yeah they really and then they him melted him and i'm like how the frick does he come back for a sequel let alone four sequels five there's a lot of sequels like what is he made out of? Like, wh- that's what I was asking you at the beginning of the movie. At what part of the doll does his soul inhabit? And this is... Uh, if so many parts of that doll can get destroyed, yet when it is quote-unquote rebuilt, he still possesses it. Right. Could you put whatever that little part is in a toaster and you have a Chucky toaster? I would like, hope so. How does this work? <laughs> dude, what's up with your toaster? Oh, that thing's fucking evil, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get too close. It'll shock you. But if you do it just right, you'll still get toast. It'll probably <laughs> say fuck you on it, but you know. <laughs> that would be amazing. Where's Andy? <laughs> it says where's on one slice and Andy on the other. <laughs> but seriously. This toaster's like, an asshole. <laughs> it is the exact opposite of what i should be wondering in those movies of the logic of it but i do end up still wondering that i don't know why though like it's never once bothered me like never ever in that in any of the old school like 80s slashers like i don't care how they come back they came back because we saw it and they want to make more money but it was easy with with freddy krueger he's in your dreams sure so he can come out whenever he feels like it honestly which i think is pretty dumb but uh, whatever michael is supposed to be a demon essentially where he can just come back from shit and jason is this weird undead thing that he does take damage he does get deformed and eventually he does die yeah but then he, he just and then he a, comes back he's again, like godzilla like, he just needs a little nap yeah None of, at no point do any of these guys like get completely dismembered and demolished. Jason goes to hell. Okay. He literally goes to another dimension. You see it happen. No, you don't. He just gets blown up. And then a, a morgue operation or mortician eats his heart and becomes Jason. And then there you his go, body starts. There you go. It's in his heart. 
You have a definitive point of entry. As soon as I that. said it, I regretted it. <laughs> you don't have that in Chucky. It's it's just Chucky. <laughs> what is it in Chucky? It's Chucky. I don't see the problem here. Yeah, I know. It just, it's a sticking point for me. <sighs> I think it's a great movie. <laughs> but okay, so here's the thing. So I haven't seen Child's Play 2 and I don't even know how long. I've actually, the ones that I've seen the most recently are pretty much from... Uh, like Curse of Chucky and Cult of Chucky. Like those I've seen the most and I've seen them the most recently because they're both on Netflix for fucking ever. So mm-hmm. I just kind of throw them on. I hadn't been back to Chucky 2 since probably high school. Which makes me really worried about how Chucky 3 is going to go when I decide to watch that one recent, pretty soon. Um, but overall, I still liked it. I didn't love it as much as I did the first time. The first time I saw it, it actually scared me when I was a kid. Whereas the first Chucky never did. Mm-hmm. The second one actually had me go like, ugh. Like I didn't like it when he got his hand caught in like the, the door. And he started uh, and ripping he it off, it off yeah. and he ripped his hand off and then shoved a knife in the stump and then went around like, it was violent and it scared me and it made me uncomfortable. Didn't do that now in my thirties, but when I was younger, yeah, this one actually got to me. I, on the rewatch, I didn't feel like I wasted my time watching your movie. I don't want to say I wasted my time, oh, but all it did, did. was, yeah, we did. It, uh, it's not a great movie. No, but that's the thing. I, is but like, though, if I'm going to leave a quote unquote action movie for our five-year-old son to watch. Oh, Dundee. Crocodile Dundee's great. That'd be great. Yeah. Yeah. But that's like, all your movie did was make me want to watch the first one. Yeah. I'd be willing to go back and see why did people want a second one? Whereas Child's Play, I didn't feel the need to do that. Did you? To go back and watch. Yeah, did it make you want to watch the first one, or did it just kind of go, nope, I'm done with this fucking franchise? I mean, I'll still watch the rest of the Chucky movies, because then I'll at least know when you're referencing them. <laughs> so the only reason you're watching them is for homework for the next 40 years of our marriage. I just like to understand you better. <laughs> well, that's sweet. I love you. <laughs> I love you too. Yeah. Does that mean I have to watch Crocodile and Indy? No. Okay, good. It does mean. What do I have that you refuse to watch? Usually it's a TV show. That's true. Although I've caved on most of them. The only one that I haven't caved on, which I will... Is Grimm? Is Grimm. And it's only because now I, I know that I know one of the writers and yeah. I feel bad not watching his show. Watching a show that you really liked, I'm like, yeah, I'll get to it eventually. Yeah, I know you won't. I did with Legion. That took convincing and other people's input. I got to Legion. Mm-hmm. I even paid for it. We, we still own the first season. Yeah. And I loved it. And I, the first thing I said was, you were right. I think it's a great show. I hated season two. I didn't make it through the second yeah, episode. The first like I, episode. S- I didn't hate what I saw of season two, but it definitely didn't make me like need to watch every episode the way Legion 1 did. Legion 1. I, now, people, Legion 1 had the same effect on me that the first season of Heroes did. I like Legion 1. Legion season 1 better than Heroes. Like That's how high. I, I put Legion. The first season I mean, of Legion. Yeah, I put the first season of Legion up there, like, not all the way, but just right, like, maybe a little bit of overlap with Doom Patrol. Like, that's how much I enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, And then the season two went, but we're not even talking about Crocodile Dundee or, oh, I got it out, uh, or Child's Play anymore. So should we call it? I guess so, because, yeah, there isn't, I really liked the girls' costumes in Crocodile Dundee. I did, too. I yeah. thought those were good. I like all of his changing costumes. I like his coat. I like his vest with no shirt, a look yeah. I could not pull off. Yeah. He's uh, a very tant man. Yeah. I liked Brad Dorff in Child's Play 2. End of yes. list. Uh, <laughs> Child's Play 2. What else would I like? Well, that brings us to my, my closing point of this. Because we're not doing quotes, because I didn't right. pay attention to quotes. No. 
uh, I will say my favorite part of your movie, mm-hmm. and you can say your favorite part of my movie, and these have to be legitimate, no lying, because I really would want to do with yours. Uh, but there was something that I actually really did enjoy in your movie, mm-hmm. um, and that was specifically one scene with Paul Hogan and I forget his name, Wally. I want to say the guy who gets kidnapped by the El Salvadorians. Um, and he's out trying to like lead them to where Croc went. Yeah. And uh, he's looking around and he sees down by the foot of a tree, Croc Dundee's hand snapping, trying to get his uh, attention. And he looks and he's like trying to talk to the hand. The hand is doing these weird hand motions, like telling him which way to go. And he's like draws in the sand, like go to this point. And he's like, oh, and he points one direction. And the hand just closes and makes this like angry fist shake, like you, and then points in the opposite direction. Yeah, that way. <laughs> that sort of like very on the nose, like almost vaudeville, like overacting just through fear, sheer movements. I always enjoy. Yeah. And he sold it. Paul Hogan sold the hell out of that one sequence, and it involved very little acting beyond his hand. And like, oh, that was fun. <laughs> I I really enjoyed that. And I'll even give you two. And the scene when they're still in New York and he has to drop off the stationery. Yeah. They're really vague about that. And there's somebody outside the uh, the secretary's the window who's going to kill himself uh, by jumping off the building. He's like, oh, I should go out there and have a talk with him. And just the way Paul Hogan walks around the corner. Like, they're supposed to be like, what, 15, 20 stories up? Something like that. And he just walks around the corner. It's like a one-foot ledge. Like he's just walking on the street. In hands boots. in his pockets. In cowboy boots. Just kind of like, do, 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 do. Because you know what everyone always says is really good traction. Cowboy boots. Cowboy boots. <laughs> <laughs> and I even just love, like, the first, like, I don't remember exactly what he says to the guy, but it's something along the lines of, like, what are you doing up here? Like, well, he says, yeah, you're in my way. Yeah, you're in my way. This is why I take a walk every day. I was hoping to get by. <laughs> yeah. Child's Play 2. Child's Play 2, I really liked it when. Don't uh, say the credits roll. Chucky <laughs> said something, you bitch or you whore, on Andy's homework. Uh, the teacher got really mad about it and then locked Andy in the classroom alone <laughs> with the murderous doll. Yeah, she not. doesn't know it's a murderous doll. But either way, she locks him in the bedroom or be- classroom alone and walks away. And I'm like, this would not fly today. Like, oh my teacher God. Teacher of the year. <laughs> yeah, a little rough. Like, what if Andy needs to go pee? <laughs> But Andy has decent survival skills. He, he gets does. out of a window and stuff. He's a smart kid. No, he's not. He's better. He joins the army later. At least I think it's the army. He might be in ROTC. I don't remember. Or he might have to be sent away like military school. I don't know. I haven't seen the third one in a long time. I know half of Chucky's face gets cut off at some point. Um, Hoy. It's a good movie. You should watch it. We own it. <laughs> we will watch it later. Uh, that's it then. Yeah. So we should do a quick round of plugs, and then we'll say goodbye. Okay. Uh, my plugs are, are, as always, you're listening to After the Hype, so keep doing that. Uh, check out Venture Bros, check out Samwise, check out Demon Days, and check out Damage Boost. Do uh, it. And uh, I'm back at work, and so uh, come this fall, please watch Superstore. Yay! Yeah. It's going to be Super yeah. Store. It's going to be great. Season 6. I'm going to love it. Five. Five? Five. Six. Five. 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 Season 5. So with that, be sure to tune in next week for our Tarantino battle, where we will be discussing Reservoir Dogs, Kill Bill Volume 1, Django Unchained, and Inglorious Bastards. And I'm definitely going to talk about uh, the squib budget on each film and how they keep going up. They do keep going up. Yeah. All right. So thank you, everyone, for listening. This has been a lot of fun. 
John will be back next week along with everybody else. Bye. Bye.